This is iUniverse Radio, brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is your opportunity to hear firsthand from authors about their new books. It's an in-depth discussion about the author's passion about the development of his or her story in their own words. It's an inside look into the characters and the plot and how the story all came together. Here is iUniverse Radio. Greetings for iUniverse. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book is titled Gibbo, In My Life, Journey of an English-American Soccer Teacher. And joining me from Florida is the author, Paul Andre Gibbons. Welcome, sir, to the program. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Doing fine. This is an interesting book. Good. It's been out a little while, but it really covers yeah. your, your life story. And uh, it, as it's called in Great Britain, where you originally are from, it's called football. Uh, we don't call football football the same way you call football in the United States of America and in, in the Western world. Mm-hmm. Share a little of your background. This is 276 pages or so, and it tells your story. What is the, uh, what is the, 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 the background that makes this story interesting and intriguing well it's just a story of an ordinary lad from the black country in England um, that's where I'm from and it's a journey of things that have happened along the way an inspiring book to say that if Gibbo can do it anybody can You've taught football or soccer, as it actually is referred to here in the United States, uh, in many countries, I think, even in South Africa, mm-hmm. if I'm understanding a little of your history. As a, yep. as a lover of soccer or football, and as a, a coach, as you became a coach, do you have one of those beginnings of a wealthy parent and wealthy upbringing, uh, or were you in a kind of a standard working class neighborhood when you were growing up? Well, for upbringing, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do not know what language you speak. <laughs> now, we're ve- very ordinary black country, um, working class people. Uh, my dad owned a pub, r- r- ran a pub, and he worked morning, noon, and night, seven days a week. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was a very, very hardworking man. And uh, the background was just very, very working class, and I'm proud of that. And you obviously have a, a very strong work ethic based on your history and uh, and your lifestyle. The black country of England, is that uh, referring to the um, industrial aspects of, uh, of that area, or uh, why is it called that? Well, we're to blame for the uh, global warming, let's put it that way. We started, we started <laughs> it um, with all of the uh, foundries and everything, Queen Victoria... Um, came through on a on a uh, a train and she saw the the red furnaces and the black smoke and she said oh look there's the black country and hence the name stuck it stuck and it's it's really uh, yep. just a descriptive of what was going on in the past centuries and right. uh, before probably there's been a lot of cleanup since then uh, have you been re- have yes, you returned to your yes. to your home uh, recently i go back once a year um, but Obviously, last year I couldn't go there, but uh, yeah, it's it's still very very busy. Um, it's still industrialised, but and you, you rightly said they have cleaned up a lot of the smog. Yes, and your passion for football or soccer, as we describe mm-hmm. it, how did that come about? Was there an inspiring soccer teacher that maybe or soccer coach that got you interested in pursuing this as a passion? Well. 
I, I would I think I would say that it was my club, West Bromwich Albion, where I was I was born in West Bromwich, and all my family supported West Brom. So I would get, be taken up there every other Saturday by my uncle Joe and uh, my cousin Rob, and we'd catch I'd, I'd catch the bus from Warsaw, go and meet them uh, in West Bromwich, and then we'd walk five miles in the rain, sun oh. or whatever, to go to the stadium and watch the games. I think, and I just fell in love with West Bromwich Albion, and that, they were my heroes. And we used to play in the playground every recess, every every break we had. And uh, it was just what we got, and that was uh, that. That was where it started, really. And uh, when I started playing, when my mum died when I was young, I used to be like Braveheart. Every time I walk, walked over that white line, everybody was equal. That was my battlefield. Mm. I was angry. I was upset. So I used football to take it out on other people. <laughs> I worked oh, wow. nasty, but I mean, there was no one that ever got past me. You know. They had to be good. Ah. So that was my battlefield. And and uh, into the coaching field, how did that come about? Uh, what uh, Did you play as a professional player in, in Great Britain, or was this just uh, another uh, extension of your passion to play and, and teach? Well, yeah. Well, I was um, my cousin Bob was a big influence on my early soccer career. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, he had a son. I'd got a son. And he said, um, I've got these lads down here at Bustle Home, which is an area in West Bromwich. Will you come and help me coach? And, of course, he knew what he was doing. Hmm. And uh, I went down there, started coaching these young kids, and that was it. I mean, uh, it, it was uh, these little nine-year-old kids. Um, I started coaching them, and then he said, you know, Paul, some people call me Paul. Um, most people call me Gibbo. He said, you should... Uh, write a letter into West Bromwich Albion to see if they need a coach. I said, I'll give it a shot. Anyway, I wrote the letter, got a reply, and within a couple of weeks I was meeting uh, Norman Bodell outside the Hawthorns, which is a stadium, and he said, I want you to come and have a look at the U-17s for me. And there I was coaching West Bromwich Albion's youth teams. It was amazing. And from there, it has just uh, progressed obviously because you have talent and a passion for the sport. What do you think is the highlight? What was the motivation for getting this into print and telling your life story? What was behind that? Um, again, a chance meeting with um, with a, a lovely lady who was, um, uh, I'd, I'd sort of bump into her now and again, and she she got all these papers everywhere, and I asked her what, what she was doing. I thought she was a, um, a college teacher marking. She said, I'm writing a book, so... We got talking, and every week we'd met, and uh, we we uh, said, "Just tell me your stories," and we wrote it down, and we we formed the book. So it was just me, chance meeting in a place called Trinity of all places, and uh, Jane just wrote down what I was saying. Amazing. That's, that's amazing. And your your book, yeah. you would also it's been described as inspiring. Uh, would it be because of your? What I would rec- what you might re- refer to as humble beginnings, would that be the mm-hmm. the reason for the inspiration in your book, or is there other incidences or people that you met along your journey that really makes this inspiring? It's people and actions, and it's not what you say; it's what you do. And I just uh, the big man above, I think, is guiding me to where where I am now. And I don't argue with that guy. You know, he tells me, you want me to be here? Okay, I'll be here. Hmm. So I find myself in Costa Rica and then 
I'm talking to this guy who walks five miles each day to, to play on this uh, professional team and he wants to be the next Messi or the next Ronaldo. And then it, I realised then that the, the, you know, I've got a lot of kids in Florida where I, where I was coaching to college, white middle-class kids, but then I realised that these kids have got nothing, need me now. So the next thing I find out, I'm invited to Botswana, I'm invited to New Delhi in India to do coaching there. So it's just a journey. It really is a journey. And I've got the best ticket on the planet. It's amazing. You, What would you say is the most inspiring for you personally moment in your journey or the most exciting that uh, you share in your book? The most exciting? That's a good question. I've got to think about that. <laughs> um, good question. Um, most exciting... We might have to come back to that one, Jay. Well, that's, um, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm wondering whether it's you know maybe a, uh, a significant win in your competitions or whether it's a significant individual that may stand out when you look back at the years of uh, journey as a coach and as a teacher. The, the way I look at things is that <clears throat> I'll get my players to play a, a, a nice attacking brand of soccer so they, they, put, they love the game, they play the game properly. The trophies and everything follow. I'm not worried about them. When we get into a final, I'll always ask my assistant coach to go and get the, the trophy. That's, it's not about trophies for me. It's about building young, good kids in teams that play good soccer. So that's the inspiration for me, you know, is, is getting them to do the right things and to do the right things on the soccer field. Character is what you're building then in your players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And is that the... And, and soccer, football can give life lessons all the way through. And now I find myself c coaching kids on the other side of the tracks. I go and spend an hour with them each week. And I'm giving them life lessons. And the game of soccer teaches the kids how to behave, how to respect themselves, how to respect each other, and how to respect the game. So... That's evolved for me as well there. You've described your life, at least your early life, <laughs> as one that uh, was at least had pain and loss that uh, maybe sent you into a despondency as a child or as a young adult. Is that something that is the important part of building the character that you have developed over the years? Well, yeah, it, was, it was a loss, obviously. I was upset, but once... I found myself again, I went on the soccer field, that was my battlefield. And I was recently um, working <clears throat> with some underprivileged kids in an underprivileged area. And the, the, the girl that was working with me, Erin, she said, you're so good with these kids. She said, you know why? I said, I don't know why, I just do things, make them have fun, you know, etc." She said, it's because you lost your mom at an early age. You mm. have empathy with these kids, you understand them. And it hit me like a ton of bricks I never realized before. But that was it. That was the key moment in my life, yeah, definitely. It inspired me without realizing it, you know? Yes. Overcoming obstacles that would maybe sideline yep. someone else have uh, have really been a stepping stone and a, a, a motivator for you and a way to motivate others. In this book itself... You know, when I lost my mom and I lost my dad, I said I, said, I was upset, obviously. Still, mm. I'm upset, but... Yes. I went out and said, right, I'll show you guys. I'll show you. 
you know, so I worked harder and it just inspired me, you know, because I was angry, I was upset. Ever. Turned that into a work ethic. Do my readers need to be uh, fans of football or soccer, as it's uh, outlined in your book, in order to em- embrace this book and its stories? Um, you don't. Um, but football, obviously, is the theme through it, and it's part. It's the ticket that got me on the, this journey. And, and you, your your book is described as having some humor in it. Uh, is there? Uh, an incident that may stand out to the reader or is it just the general uh, good feeling that's part of your story? Part of the good story you know, is, is, the, is the good feeling. I've got a, a wicked sense of humor. I, I always turn something, um, even in, in despair, into a smile. I'll, I'll always look at the bright side of life like our friends at Monty Python sang. I always <laughs> yeah. look on the bright side of life. And uh, that that happens. I mean, and I've had some unbelievable times, unbelievable times, um, and the comedy side of it. Um, I'll never forget. I met my son Sean in India, in New Delhi. He came in from England. I came in from Florida. I met him at the uh, um, airport, and the first night there, we were absolutely so tired. The guy that we met there wanted us to meet a businessman. We sat, sat around the table. And we were so tired, our heads were just dropping and falling and waking ourselves up. It was, it was just incredible. It was just a situ- situation comedy is the best comedy for me. Absolutely, it's just you're in a situation and oh, it's hilarious. Well, I can see that. I can see the story that you just described. I've maybe been there myself, not in that particular instance, but uh, it, oh. it does happen in life, and so we can identify with you and identify with those stories. Yeah. Uh, what, what is your hope for this book uh, besides you know, selling three or four million copies of it? Uh, what is the really the under, understated story behind it? Why why do you want to share this story? What do you think it will will provide for the reader? Well. I would love to sell three million copies or whatever, <laughs> because the money that, that would a little bit of money that would bring in could help me do more of my after-school programs here in Florida and in Botswana and Africa. So that that would be the reason to do it. Uh, the reason for, for people to share it is that, again, you can have a laugh, you can have a giggle, but you'll also shed a tear to a normal guy and saying, "Well, if this guy can do it, I can, or my child can." That's the biggest message. Beautiful. Inspirational uh, inspirational thought, for sure, uh, on the descriptive yep. of this book, Gibbo, G-I-B-B-O, which is short for Mr. Gibbons. Gibbo, In My Life, Journey of an English-American Soccer Teacher. Uh, Paul, where do we get copies of your book? Um, normal places, I guess. Amazon and other book retailers like that online. Very easy. And is there something in the future? Are you thinking of maybe doing additional uh, publishing, uh, either about your life or about the techniques of football or, or just observations in general? Well, I love observing life and people. That's what makes it all happen. And people kept asking me. There's been loads of incidents since. I mean, I'm doing such a lot of good work, in, as I say, in Botswana, Zambia, um, South Africa, I work with um, NGOs over there like um, Elephants for Africa, Cheetah Conservation. So I'll go over there once a year and spread the word of conservation and looking after our planet. 
along with soccer. So I'm doing that, and I'm also doing after-school programs here with the, with the kids um, on the other side of the tracks. So maybe you know, people say you need to write another book, <laughs> and you know. Oh, Maybe do that, yeah. Beautifully put. Uh, again, inspiring life outlined in your book titled Gibbo in My Life, Journey of an English-American Soccer Teacher. And my guest author who's joined me from Florida. And thank you so much for sharing your life, Paul Andre Gibbons. Thank you, sir, for being a part of today's program. Paul, many of my authors have websites. Do you have one as well that you can share with the audience? Yes, I do, yeah. It's uh, Soccer in the Community. Soccerinthecommunity.org. And listeners, as you access that site, you'll find out more about his passion for reaching the community and families, not only here but overseas as well, using soccer as an entree point to inspire and unite families. Thank you, Paul. My pleasure. God bless you all. My pleasure also for iUniverse. This is Jay Douglas Barker iUniverse Radio is brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is produced by TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge.